aconteceu. Ela sei. começando a trabalhar vai ficar melhor para ela porque ela vai ficar com a mente ocupada, né, amiga? Isso, e aí ela tem, ela já, ela que comentou de novo, eu nem eu já tinha esquecido esse assunto, mas ela falou assim: "Ah, eu já posso começar a pagar o hospital". Eu falei: "Olha, que coisa fantástica também, acho ótimo". Ótimo que é isso daí, uma vez finalizando, muito provavelmente o Pierce sai da cena. Uhum. E ela pode viver, né, amiga? Não tem nada pior do que ela ficar nesse relacionamento sozinha. Muito embora ele já falou, entre nós não há nada, além de amizade, as pessoas, elas criam expectativas, né? Ah, não, ele continua me procurando, ele continua interessado, né? Uhum. Enfim. Eu acho difícil. Eu falei pra ela, eu acho melhor mesmo não ter nada mais, porque vai ter sempre uma memória aí que eu acho que ninguém quer ter, né, na vida. Não, e, e criou uma situação muito complicada com a família dele também, né, amiga? Uhum. É, tudo isso veio à tona, veio à luz, e novamente, eles tinham um relacionamento de cinco, seis meses, não existia nenhum histórico. Não é seu caso que você já tá há anos com o Matt, não é uma coisa que, poxa, né, viu o potencial do cara e de repente ele tá, que nem meu pai americano, eu acho que ela deve ter também alguma coisa, talvez, de bipolar. Meu pai americano, ele, ele desenvolveu ao longo dos anos bipolaridade né, uhum. e assim, ele ficou teve um período que ele ficou muito mal muito mal mesmo, só que minha mãe e meu pai já eram casados há, sei lá, 20 anos quando, meus pais americanos, né 20 anos quando a situação toda aconteceu então assim, óbvio que nesse, nessa situação você vai lutar você quer ver a pessoa melhorar você quer que a pessoa se resolva né, uhum. agora no caso dela, ela não, eles não têm um histórico todo, ele tá em choque ali, né amiga ah sim, eu também estaria, né é é, cilada.com, infelizmente, Tipo, né? se, ela, se fosse eu no lugar dele, ela, eu acho que provavelmente eu ia falar pra ela ficar na minha casa, mas eu não ia conseguir dormir, eu ia ficar a, a, é, assistindo ela a noite inteira. É, amiga, definitivamente não foi, é assim, não consigo julgar mesmo, porque eu acho que na posição dele eu faria a mesma coisa, vamos procurar um hotel pra você, porque eu não me sinto confortável. Ele fez tudo que ele podia dentro do... De, dentro das, das limitações dele, né? Uhum. Foda. Mas me passa, sim, o telefone dela de novo, o, o brasileiro, que eu vou... Como eu te disse, eu não... Eu tenho que ler o que a mulher me escreveu, porque ela escreveu muito, mas tá bom. Tá, ok. Boa notícia, amiga. Fico contente por ela. Mentira. Então, vamos lá. A gente vai fazer o Parable... É o Parable, gente... né? É, o Parable, é, né? Tirar isso da frente? Tá. <risos> eu tô super animada com esse livro. Não, é que ele é mais difícil. Ele é mais difícil. Não, e a gente pode gravar mais tarde o... ou amanhã, se você quiser, o Sol é Quente que Queimou a Minha Cara, o Retorno da Múmia. Right. Ok. Eu já tô com ele escrito também, pronto pra ler. Tá bom. Ok, vou começar então. Então vai. Hello, Gallivanders, and welcome to TBG Podcast. This is Anna, and on today's episode, Gabby and I will discuss the final chapters of the Parable of the Sower. We're going to walk you through chapters 23 to 25. If you have not read the book and don't want any spoilers, we recommend that you listen episodes 3, 4, and 5 before this one. Without, without further ado, ado? Mm -hmm. ado. Without further ado, Gabby, how are you? Kind of right. I am good, Anna. How are you? I am good as well. Good. Um, ready for this final step or phase in this uh, book. Very good. Uh, I am too. Uh, do you want to remind our 
listeners where we stopped? Não, pode remind, amiga. Okay. Remind. I am excited too if you guys have come this far or if you're not in the mood of listening to the previous episodes so far, Lauren Olamina, who is a hyper empathetic person, has left her community. Well, she was forced to leave her community because mm -hmm. there was no community after a, a great fire. And in this past episode, we pretty much saw her and other pilgrims moving north um, at first without any particular destination. But by the end of the by the end of uh, chapter 23, her new acquaintance and probably no, but her new acquaintance and love interest, Ben Coley, mentioned that he has, he owned 300 acres in Cape Mendocino and um, he offered for her and the rest of the group to actually go and live there. So finally, there was a destination in her mind and she pretty much co-created that, right, Anna? Because throughout the whole book, she kept on saying it would be nice for us to have a place where we could grow things, where I could mm -hmm. grow my community around earth seed. So once Ben Coley offers that, it's, it pretty much goes with everything that she had been imagining and creating for herself. So um, they had not invited the rest of the group yet because that was just a conversation between the two of them, but Lauren was already very excited. So that was pretty much where we ended Um Bencola's family, sister actually, and her husband and three kids, they were living in uh, in his land. So it was in some it was in a land that was just by itself, just growing, you know, weeds and, and just out there. But uh, he was of course ready to go and meet his family. Gabby, does the mm. book say at any point why he left? Or he never lived with them? I don't think he ever lived with them. He did, he did buy the land before this whole situation started out. He was in San Diego with his wife, but then his wife had the whole heart condition and everything. And I think that that's when things started to deteriorate. And um, I don't think, from what Ben Coley keeps saying, it's really hard to access Cape Mendocino. So mm -hmm. it wasn't something that potentially he could go and just uh, take the trip. And of course, when the whole apocalyptical world started or crashed, I don't think it became very easy for them to travel. It was, after all, uh, I think over a thousand miles from um, San Diego to mm -hmm. Cape Mendocino so and I guess to yeah to do well it's a long journey and to do it on foot by mm -hmm. himself would by be foot. too much mm -hmm. yeah um, exactly so I don't think he was from what Ben Coley mentions he every now and then he would call the brother-in-law they didn't have a phone I think at the land but the brother would have a job here and there so Every now and then they would communicate, but ever since he started his journey north, he has not contacted the family. So it would be kind of like a surprise, we're here mm -hmm. um, situation once they got there. So um, that's how we, we ended our chapter 23. That's how we ended our chapter 23. Oh gosh, estou olhando 23, quero falar 23. That's where we start, where we finished our chapter 22. 
And starting on chapter 23, uh, they keep on going. They keep on going, moving north. Um, as I mentioned, they haven't yet shared to the clan or to the group that they have a place in mind. But regardless, everybody was already migrating north, right? We did have the um, Travis and uh, Naftividad who were thinking about going to Seattle. So regardless, everybody was going north. Um comes another night and there is an endless battle near the camp and um, they see that there is a woman and a daughter a woman and her daughter sleep too, no sorry so they have an endless battle near the camp and then this woman and a daughter they just come into the camp with the group and they just stay there to just hide from the gun battle uh, Jill, who was supposed to be on the watch, she didn't notice. She was looking at probably like the forest, the tree. She was looking to the other <laughs> side. People, when you are on watch, make sure that you're looking your surroundings. But I can understand like at this point, sometimes I think it's once you're finally by yourself, you know, you start thinking and your mind travels. Not the right moment for that, but that's what happened. Um Lauren finds the mother and the child and she says that they can stay there and, to eat, and eat if they want. The woman and the child are terrified and she tries to explain that she, they are not thieves, but Lauren really doesn't believe. At this point, you know, um, there is a saying in Portuguese that says uh, the opportunity makes the teeth. Oh, the teeth. There is a <laughs> saying in Portuguese that goes, the opportunity makes the thief. So... That's how Lauren was feeling. Okay, you may not be a thief, but, you know, there is opportunity. We have money here. We have food here. So she felt, okay, it's, uh, you're too desperate to help yourself. So, so you know what? Just I'm going to go ahead and offer the food so it doesn't feel like um, robbery or um, a crime, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Lauren asks Ben Coley if there is room for them at his place as they are discussing as a group without the woman and the child, of course. And then Ben Cole shares the information about his land with the group. So he mentions that it's uh, 300 acres in Cape Mendocino, really hard to access just by the highway. It's got enough room to grow, uh, to plant, to grow, to grow food. Um, Ellie and Jill guess that from the way that the woman so he's saying okay there's enough room for you guys um there is room for that woman and the child and then Ali and Jill they mentioned that based on how the woman was responding to their comments to their questions um they feel they they believe that both the child and the woman were beaten before uh the group agrees that they can stay, but they cannot be watchers by themselves, which makes sense. You know, you're just coming into the group. Mm -hmm. So far, you haven't proved yourself. So make sure they choose a person that will actually watch to be right. With them on the watch. Exactly. And that's a perfect segue <laughs> to what happens next, because Lauren goes to Jill and she reprimands her. She was just like, hey, you are not watching your your turn, you know, and. Jill is very defensive at, for, at first, trying to explain that they could have come to the camp at any time, not necessarily at that moment, that she was very attentive. And then Lauren was like, hey, no one will hurt her. 
No one will hurt you for not paying attention, but you have got to agree that you were not paying attention. You have to love yourself enough to take better care of yourself and the team. Pat slept on the face. <laughs> She's not wrong. At the end, Jill gives in. Lauren was right. She didn't feel like humiliated or anything, but she needed to really work on, um, you know, loving your, herself and, and, and taking better care of the group, right? So the woman's name is Emery Tanaka Solis, and the daughter is Tor, and the daughter is nine. Emery had been a dead slave, and oops, Emily had been a dead slave on an agribusiness uh, farm, and uh, she was responsible for all of her husband's uh, debts after he died. So she was beaten whenever she was below her quota. And one day she had two other kids, two other sons. And one day when she was out, they took the sons away from her. And when she complained and she protested, they said that, he, that they, were, they were going to take her daughter as well. So when that happened, Emery just uh, ran away with Tori. Of course, she wanted to find her sons, but uh, she had no idea where to look for them. Um, and she had to make that very impossible choice to try and protect the, the one child that she had left. I think in a way, Anna, that's kind of similar what had happened to Corey when the fire was happening. Uh, she didn't, she didn't have the time to go behind and look at Lauren, look for Lauren, look to see if Lauren was coming. So she was left behind. Mm -hmm. So I think that it also paints a picture here that it, you just go with what you have. There's no really like measuring your options and, you know, mm -hmm. validating what would or would not make sense. So that's what she, um, she had to do. And, and, and she left with, with Tori. A few days later after Tori and Amory joined the clan, Tori makes friends with another little girl named Doe Mora. Uh, Doe's father's name is Grayson Moore, and he clearly likes Emery, but he was very skeptical about the of the group. So he was just not really into the whole thing. But since Doe had a friend, since he was feeling very um, cozy about Emery, he decided to stay for for uh, Doe's sake. Mm -hmm. Grayson and Emery had a lot of nervousness in common. And the children seemed to understand each other right away. Lauren and Ben Coley guessed that the Moras were slave as well, based on how jumpy he was. All the time they would talk and he was just like super scared. Um, Lauren comments that they are a modern underground railroad in allusion to the secret tunnels of the route of routes. Peraí, amiga. Lauren comments that the clan, the group, is a modern underground railroad, and that's in allusion to the secret tunnels of routes and safe houses for the southern slaves to escape to Canada for their freedom before the Civil War. Uh, well, before the Civil War ended in, in 1890. Bless you. Lauren comments that the Klan is a modern underground railroad in allusion to the secret tunnels of routes and safe houses for the southern slaves to escape to Canada for their freedom before the Civil War ended in 1865. Uh, Harry, Harriet Tubman was the most famous conductor of the Underground Railroad. 
Uh, nothing to do with the book, but I did go to her museum and that was very interesting, very touchy. So definitely worth going if you're in the East Coast. Ben Colling, Ben Colling post, blah, blah. Ben Cole points out that this sorts of exploitation that Amory described had been going on in the 90s as well. So extremely sad that everything is really going back. Like it just somewhat suggests that the society had really never changed. It's again the opportunity. Going back to the Brazilian, uh, the Portuguese saying, right? Uh, the opportunity definitely does make the thief, right, Anna? Yeah. Um. So, comes a Friday that the group starts talking about Earthseed in the morning, and everyone had been taking a rest after the group got attacked a few days prior. It was a very bad attack. So, Emery and Grayson now, they are a couple. Emery adopted Doe as her own daughter, and on that day, the particular day of the attack, she had taken the girls out of sight for a bathroom break. And they were attacked by bald men. Remember the bald men, they paint their faces and they just pretty much threw fire or like burn everything around. So one of these men, they are drug addicts. So one of these men came to, a, oh, a couple of these men uh, came to attack them. Uh, one of the men tried to grab Tori and Loring shot him. Um, she fell when she shot him. And uh, I oh. Lauren shot him, but she fell. She was also hurt. Uh, she was also hurt by a bullet. So she watched the battle until she passed out. And um, she wasn't entirely sure if she was feeling her own pain or she was feeling someone else's pain. So she was just down there. Uh, for a while, she passed out. When she woke up, she discovered that Jill had been shot to death while trying to save Tori. Tori was alive. She survived, but Jill did not. Uh, the group buries Jill, and while trying to understand why Grayson had been trying to leave the group, Zara and Lauren come to the realization that all of the ex-slaves, they were hyper-empathic as well, just like Lauren. Lauren suspects that Grayson is humiliated by the extra weakness of, a high, of hyper empathy because it makes him unable to be strong and to protect other people like he thinks that men should. So Lauren goes to Grayson and asks uh, where he's from and he said that he was born in Sacramento and he explained that they all needed to leave the area before the addicts, the addicts from the mountain would paint themselves and set fire in the area where the where they were. So that was the reason why, uh, if you guys remember, when they went, they uh, walked by Sacramento. It was where they had the cannibalism. It was extremely dangerous. Mm -hmm. So, absolutely not a nice area to be, especially if you are a hyper empathic, feeling everything. So, didn't make sense for them to stay there. Uh, when Lauren has the opportunity to talk to Emery, she asked if all her offspring had hyper-empathy, and she said that one of the boys didn't. And she said that the owners preferred slaves who had hyper-empathy. They would even pay more for a slave 
who was a hyper empathic because the punishment is collective. They don't need to punish that particular person because that person would be feeling the pain of other punished slaves. So um, she even said that some um, slave owners, they would give drugs to the slaves to induce the syndrome. So a very ugly world again. Okay, so the group finishes burying Jill and they hurry ahead. Um, Lauren tries to comfort to comfort Ellie as they walk away. Not an easy thing. There's nothing you can really say, especially like everybody has experienced loss, but oh, everybody has experienced loss. So she does try. Ellie does accept all the comfort um, that Lauren was offering. It's just not easy. Emery spots fire behind them, burning everything. She doesn't think the pyroetics will follow them. Uh, if there are weaker prayers, if there are weaker prayers to be close to, so they would probably be around the community for a little bit. So in a way, it was, quote unquote, a good time, good timing for them to walk away. Um The group risk a break to rest and to drink some water because they know that they will not be able to stop again for a while. They put the children in Ben Colin's cart and uh, they walk as fast as they can. By the time night falls, they are engulfed in smoke. Remember, the fire is just growing stronger and stronger. So there's fire on both sides of the highway Children are crying. Everybody's putting damp uh, cloths on their faces to avoid inhaling too much smoke. So definitely hell's breaking loose. They don't know if they're going to be able to make it. It's just like completely madness. They barely escape the fire. When they make their exhausted camp, camp, Lauren offers to take the first watch and Grayson offers to watch with her. Grayson and Ben Coley, they are bickering about his uh, fitness to protect the group, but Zara tries to end the discussion by, uh, by bringing some fruit, by asking Doe's actually, by asking Doe to bring some, some, some fruits for the group. So Lauren thought he was very smart because he wasn't going to take them anywhere just to remind Grayson that he's not perfectly fit. Anyways. Uh, the next day, they find a woman's corpse on the road. They take her clothes and the money for Emery. And Emery uses that money, more than she's ever had in her entire life, to buy some fruit for the group. And Lauren is very pleased to see that Emery has accepted that she's part of the group. And she thought it was very beautiful, a beautiful touch, actually, for her to spend that money that technically became hers with the group. So, um she also thinks that it would be interesting to teach Emory on how to spend money because it's a very nice gesture, but they could, they, could, they could use the money a little bit wiser. Um, the group makes its way to Bencola's land, and Lauren is very enthusiastic about how isolated the place is from the road, and uh, she really believes that that's going to make them a less attractive target. When they get there, Anna... The house is completely burnt and Ben Cole's family is gone. So not the picture that I think they were expecting, right? So 
Well, but nothing it's nothing is ever happy in this book, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. We will see. So far, nothing is uh, ever happy then. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, the group goes around there trying to find Alexandra, um, Ben Cole's sister, and they found five skulls. And Lauren believed that they were the remains of Ben Cole's family. The fire that destroyed the house took place long enough uh, for the weeds to have grown over the ruins. Ben Coley cannot be rest without knowing what had happened to his family. So he and Harry go to the, to, to the nearest town to speak to the cops. Lauren is perplexed that Ben Coley would ever trust the police. Uh, and she wonders what the police used to be before this whole apocalyptic world broke down. Because mm-hmm. she cannot understand how Ben Coley could potentially trust them or keep on trusting them. She wants to go with them, but Ben Coley convinces her to stay. And he took Harry, who wanted to find work and happens to be white. Police, of course, didn't help them at all. They searched Ben Coley while he was while he was there, took all of his money. He took some of the some money because he knew that that could potentially happen. He didn't take all of his money, so they took that money and they said that it was for the fee. Uh, it was a fee for the provided service. Um, ben Coley felt that he needed to try. You know, at least I tried. I went there. The police said that they would come to the land for investigation. Uh, they go back to the land. Harry is very upset because he couldn't find any job uh, in that particular town. The group discusses if they should stay at the land or leave. Uh, Harry really wanted to find a place where he could make his own money. And Grayson pointed out that the site had already been attacked once. Lauren and Ben Coley argue that the land is remote, defensible, and capable of producing food for all of them. And there would still be some leftover to sell. Uh, There is a working well, so they could have their own water. And most likely, the place was attacked and they all died because they didn't have a watch uh, scheme or they didn't have, probably they both worked the whole day and all of them with the kids, they would sleep at night. So they would know, they know better. They've been, you know, enough on the road to know that that's not how it works, right? Zara says that they will be in danger anywhere they go. It doesn't matter if they stay in Cape Mendocino, if they go north, it's danger everywhere. Lauren talks about a future for the children and that most, that convinces most of the adults, right? Of course, when you start thinking about the future and hope and everything that could potentially happen, um, it does turn a key on most of the adults. She talks about the seeds that she has carried out uh, throughout their journey. So they do have enough seeds to grow plants, to grow some zucchinis, to grow some vegetables. So, um, And the, the group will be able to already plant some in the winter. So um, definitely a lot of opportunities there. Harry is still convinced that they, may, they, may, they might run out of money. And they may be unable to travel if they cannot survive there. Emery casually casually mentions that because he's white, there might be work for him as a driver. 
And he's thinking about a truck driver, but he's just like, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how to drive. I don't know how to drive a truck. But and she's like, no, I mean, it's slave driver. So pretty much just going to the lens and making sure that slaves are working. Harry's horrified that she thinks that he would be able to do some sort of work. And he's just like, that's not even an option. Travis says that staying on Bancoli's land is crazy, but perhaps is the, the right kind of crazy. So everyone, Anna, agrees to stay, and they begin plans uh, to build a shelter and to plant their crop, cor- uh, crops. And to plant their crops. Mm-hmm. Um, ben Coley does not bury the human remains they found out of concern that the police would come and use that against them. Um, they wait a little bit for the police to come, and guess what? Police never came. Um, and after a while, they decide that it was time to really just bury and put an end and, and put a rest to the family. Natividad wraps the bone in a shawl that she had knitted. It was the most beautiful thing that she owned. Mm-hmm. Ben Coley tells her, uh, tells her that things like that should be served to the living. And she points out that he is the living and he's so moved that he accepts and he goes to the trees and he cries for a long time Lauren goes after him after a while they have a conversation and she says that she thinks it's time for a funeral not just for Ben Cole's family but for everyone that they have lost in the past year Ben Coley says that they as bad as things are they can and they will probably get worse definitely not a very optimistic there mm-hmm. uh, he believes that humanity will survive but he also believes that America is finished He's, a, uh, he's very shocked that money still works. Money is still a language that works. And um, Lauren says that even though everybody else is sinking lower, the group doesn't have to. So it was a very good conversation. He agrees with her. So uh, the group holds a funeral, as Lauren had suggested. Um, she... And her 12 followers quote Bible passages, earth seed verses, and some other poetry that was meaningful to either the dead or the living. They bury the dead and they also plant some oak trees. So they use the seeds of oak trees to represent the people that had died, with the exception, of course, of Ben Colin's family, who were the bones were there, right? They decide to name their farm Acorn, and that's how the book ends. Anna, it does kind of feel that the novel finishes without tying everything up. Like, who's mm-hmm. this Grayson dude? And, you know, what is the significance of being hyper empathic? You know, um, same thing for Amory, for Tori, for Doe. Uh, I think that they did show a little bit that Lauren is not alone in this world in terms of being. Um, a sharer mm-hmm. but um it didn't feel like there was an exact end and if you're thinking or feeling that way there is a sequel to this book it's called parable of the talents and uh you should read it to get a full picture of this whole earth seed and i would believe that that's how this now it's going to be about how the community <laughs> thrives or not right so i know i will read we may or might read it here if we decide to revisit the U.S. Definitely not our next des- destination since we are already here. 
Um, basically the story, the parable of the talents is set in America in the future around the years, uh, during the years 2032 and 2035. Butler had the intention to write a, a, a trilogy for Earthseed. She began to write, uh, the third parable novel, initially tried to title it Parable of the Trickster which would have focused on uh, an Earthseed community struggle to survive on a new planet. Uh, along with the third novel, Butler was planning several other titles, um, several other parables, so The Teacher, The Chaos, The Clay, but she ended up passing away in 2006, and she left the series unfinished. So there were uh, various, various false starts to the novel, and they can be found among uh, Butler's papers at the Huntington Library in San Marino, at the Huntington Library in San Marino, California. So that's where we end it. And Anna, I would like to know your opinion about the book. My opinion first. I can go with mine. Doesn't matter. Okay, I'm walking. Ai, amiga, tô sem falar faz tanto tempo que tô... Vai lá, amiga, respira, bebe uma água. Ah, all right. So, okay, so to be honest with you and everybody, I felt somehow disconnected with the story on the first half of the book. Mm -hmm. I did have to put some extra effort to keep going, which is very unfamiliar to me because I tend to like apocalyptical stories. I guess I was feeling kind of trapped at all times, probably, probably like Lauren. Uh, mm -hmm. But at least Lauren had the earth seed to keep going, you know. Uh, on the other hand, I wanted to know more about the outside world. And maybe for me as a reader, it took a little too long for them to get out of the community. So it was a little bit of a struggle for me mm -hmm. at that point. Uh, which on the other side, I also understand that this is not a one-off um, book. And uh, Lauren's character in the earth seed philosophy had to be built for the following books. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I believe I was more interested in the outside world than in the earth seed, which was a big part of the story. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why I was feeling kind of disconnected. Like, uh, it's not like I don't care, but like, what's going on outside? Like, what is the problem of the world? Mm -hmm. well, I mean, we know what caused it, but I, I didn't have a more of a, a storyline to what was going on outside which is okay, not the purpose of the book, but I was just not into the earth seed philosophy too much. Yeah, and it's a book in first person, and Lauren was born in a, already in a world that was destroyed, so it's really mm -hmm. hard for us to actually have a big picture of what was happening because we only had really her point of view, right? Mm -hmm. um, era, era isso que você ia falar, amigo? Eu te cortei. Ah, então segue. Well, then, when the second half of the book came, or, sorry. Started? Yeah, when the, the second half of the book started, I was, uh, it was a better journey for me. So, uh, I didn't feel trapped anymore. We were, you know, walking somewhere. <laughs> we were doing something to change it. Mm -hmm. um, we were trying, or she was, you know, the group was trying to do something. Um, I want to highlight, though, that this is not a bad story. I don't think it's a bad story. I don't think the book was bad written. And uh, most likely, my whole experience was also impacted. What, uh, yeah, sorry, my whole experience was also impacted with what was going on with me 
in my personal life. And I usually use reading as escaping route, you know, out of my stress. But this book was even worse when I escaped to the book, you know, the whole thing. It's like a <laughs> yeah. lot of drama. <clears throat> Sorry. A lot of suffering, a lot of drama. So I guess maybe the combination of my personal life and the story itself made it a little bit tougher on me to go on reading. Mm-hmm. So I also think this is very subjective to people. For me, it was not a smooth journey. But this is not supposed to be an easy reading either. You know, you're not supposed to be happy about what's right. going on with the, with the story. Posso já falar das estrelas ou não? Pode. So for me, I would give it a three out of five just because I did not fully enjoy the journey, but I don't think it's a bad book. Okay. Very good. Very good uh, summary of your opinion there. For me, I agree with you, Parable of the Sower isn't... I agree with you, Parable of the Sower isn't the easiest book to read. Uh, I feel like the prose and the story is clear and uncomplicated. So basically, you understand right from the beginning that she's at, at this community and the world is falling apart and she has this plan on moving north and starting her own community. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pretty clear. I don't think that there was a... When I say it's not an easy book to read, it's because it's too close to... It's a too close to home dystopia. And the world that Butler de- depicts is very cruel and ugly. So that is the hard part to really like what Anna had mentioned. If you're trying to use the book at escape route at, as escape route, that's really not the book for it. I really, unlike Anna, I really enjoyed the philosophical as- aspect of the book. And você tá ouvindo esse barulho, amigo? Não. Que, que é esse barulho? Parece um... Não tá ouvindo? Não, não então, é tá bom. então tá bom. I, unlike Kana, enjoyed the philosophical aspect of it. Uh, even though some of the contents can be really hard. You know, especially for us reading in English. Um, not being our first language. So definitely uh, harder to take. Hard to take in. Um... The book is, like I mentioned, the book is written in first person and I sometimes felt a little claustrophobic inside Lauren's brain. So it's really her opinion, which makes sense. I, I personally um, enjoyed having that um, journal entry. I don't think I've ever, I don't remember reading a book like a journal, a journal before. Uh, so I think that it was interesting to have it that way. I think it was also important to have it in the first person because then we learn with her how bad the situation is as opposed to having that 10,000 feet picture, a 10,000 feet high picture. So I think that it was important to go and to learn, you know, like before she leaves the community, you really, she's been sheltered. So you really don't know what's out there, like how shocked she gets with the cannibalism. I got shocked too because you're not expecting that because you you really don't have that full picture. Um, We have also a sense of intimacy with Lauren and that makes the story more real even though you you don't feel like you can potentially connect because you are you you know for a fact that you're watching through her eyes. So um, 
it was tough because she's very uncomfortable the whole time. So we felt, I felt uncomfortable as well. Mm -hmm. um, I liked it. It's not my go-to genre. I'm going to say that. I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm more of a different genre, but I really enjoyed, and I enjoyed how uh, all the characters, or Lauren most likely, but pretty much all the characters, they evolved in how they changed, like Lauren uh, suggests with her seed that everything changes. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoyed how, how well tied all these concepts are that you can really see that there is, uh, there is a character e evolution and there is also a change. So for me, I will put that as a four-star book. That's good. So definitely not a bad reading. No, not at all. Or not a bad book. Not at all. So worth mm -hmm. it. I will for sure read the second part of it because I want to know what had happened to the to the Earthseed community. So mm -hmm. uh, I hope you guys enjoyed. And please tell me, Anna, what is the next uh, the next steps for us? The next what? Steps. A gente vai falar? Okay. <laughs> a gente vai falar no país? No. Não, o que, que a gente vai... Então, a gente só fala aqui no próximo, então, stay tuned for the next... Uh, como que a gente chamou? For the next Destination Book and Author Review, right? Destination Book and Author Review, yeah. Okay. So... Peraí, amiga, não tinha preparado isso, obviamente. Ah, não tem problema. Se não... Deixa eu pensar, peraí. Ai, meu fone caiu. <laughs> All right, everybody. So, we are interested in uh, knowing... Uh, knowing, tá certo? Uhum. We're interested in knowing how you guys went through this journal. So, journal. Oh, fuck me, dead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. So, this is how we end our first book. If you want to share with us your experience, don't forget to message us on Instagram or send us an email. Uh, next week, we're going to let you guys know what our. What, we're gonna let you guys know what is our new destination the book and the author review so stay tuned on our instagram as well because we may share some posts uh beforehand to give you some hints of what's gonna go uh, so of what's gonna happen uh next week perfect sounds very good thank you everybody for joining us on our first journey and we'll see you all next week see you next week bye bye bye, bye. Ficou okay. bom, né, amiga? Ah, eu sofro, né, amiga? Quando você me manda fazer uns negócios que eu não, não ensaiei, que também não isso, sei porque amiga? eu não ensaiei, porque normalmente eu faço o ending, né? É, <risos> foi por isso que eu falei, não quis te colocar no... No, no spot. Na berlinda e no spot, não. Hum. Ficou bom, eu acho que foi bom. Tá, deixa eu te falar, eu comecei a ler o Darkness, eu tô tipo no 22%, e eu reparei que o livro, ele é dividido em dia 1, dia 2, dia 3. Talvez a gente possa... Eu não sei quantos dias tem... <risos> Mas eu, tô eu, no... eu comecei, mas eu tô bem no início, li tipo umas 10 páginas, tô bem atrasada. Você viu que começa no dia 1, né? É, sim. Tá, então o dia 2 acho que começa ali em 20%, você acha muito? Lê o dia 1 pra você ver o que você acha que é muita coisa. Tá. É, a princípio é muito, não achei nada demais, assim, tá? Por enquanto só falando da moça, dos problemas pessoais dela e tal, mas tá sendo pra mim uma leitura bem mais fácil, é mais fácil. Tá. Até então. Tá. Eu queria, o eu queria o audio audiobook. Fiquei chateadinha que Amiga, só tem Amiga, falei pra você baixar o a, a Audible. Tem lá. Faz um mês free. Tá, vou ver. Não me tá deixa bom. impaciente, hein? 
Tá bom, amiga. <risos> não, tá bom. Eu tenho que ler também, não, não adianta. É que seria bom um audiobook pra gente treinar a pronúncia, né? Ah, sim. E é um audiobook britânico, pelo que eu vi. Uh, ok. Pra mim é difícil também. Hum... Mas tá bom, pra você não que você morou lá, né, amiga? Eu não. Não, você pega rápido, amiga, não é assim? Vou ver, então... vou considerar, vou estar considerando. Ah, ok. Consista, tá bom, então. Eles considerem, então vai lá para suas reuniões de... Ai, amiga, eu tinha marcado para ir tomar o booster, mas cancelaram o meu booster, meu. E booster do quê? Do Covid. Ah, já tem? Já tem, a gente pra pode, nossa porque idade? a gente é da indústria, não, a gente é da indústria alimentícia, né, amiga? Ah, é só, eu vou tomar qualquer um, eles dão um Pfizer? É só Pfizer que tem. Ah, ok. Então, eu tô pensando em, em ir buscar isso, mas não agora, nesse momento. Eu não tô sabendo de nada, pra variar, então eu vou dar uma olhada nisso. Dá uma olhadinha, amiga, aqui já tá disponível pra nós. Tá bom, então, coisa Então tá bom, Deus. amiga, eu vou trabalhar. Você sabe que eu não tinha notado? Então, na verdade, esse domingo vai sair o 15 a 22. Então, a gente tá duas semanas adiantados. Sério? É, eu não sei o que, tô... é, que, que tá acontecendo com a minha vida. Você tem razão, tá aqui, 7 do 11 vai sair o 15 a 22. É, é bom, amiga, porque agora a gente vai ter que começar a ler de novo, né? Sim. Então, então é bom a gente ter um... Um buffer. Um buffer. Como que a gente vai fazer? Quando que a gente vai gravar o da múmia? Amanhã, no almoço. Ou amanhã ah. de manhã. Essa leitura é super fácil, tô animada. Tá. Você só, eu sei de boa. E vai ser, acho que, tipo, uns 20 minutos. É, eu tenho uma reunião às 8 e meia amanhã. Ah, mas eu posso depois da reunião, se você preferir. Let me see my schedule. Que acaba às nove e meia. Amanhã eu tô livre até... Dez. Que é às onze pra mim. Você quer marcar, então, às nove e meia? Podemos tentar. Deixa e aí, mudar. se mudar, a gente faz... Não tô muito ocupada amanhã, não. Hoje é meu pior dia, a princípio. Então... Tá, mudei para as nove e meia, amiga. Se não der tempo, a gente volta para o meio-dia. Para mim, amanhã também não é muito corrido. A não ser que essa reunião do cu do meio-dia agora, uhum. eu acho que vai dar ruim. Aí eu aviso para você, mas aí como tem a galera do, do, da, da Califórnia, muito provavelmente a gente vai marcar ali para as onze horas também, entendeu? Então, não tem problema. É, quanto mais cedo, melhor, mas eu vou te avisando, porque vai dar ruim, eu tenho certeza que vai dar merda, entendeu? Sempre dá, né, então, por que, que não? É, mostra? a gente tá com falta de açúcar, a mulher tá desesperada. E é eu só não açúcar, que... fala pra eles assim, ó, é só açúcar, é, tá? É, gente, é só açúcar, Vai ser bom gente, pra população mas... não ter açúcar. É, eles não... Ai, amiga, é cansativo o negócio, sabe? Mas eu vou... Eu vou... O que que eu vou fazer, meu Deus? Eu vou... Espera que tá passando a polícia. Olha a polícia. Ambulância. Ah. É, eu vou... Eu não tenho muito. Na verdade, eu tô, mar... eu tô, fazendo... tô marcando as reuniões, mas eu não tenho como liderar, porque eu não tenho informação do que tá acontecendo, entendeu? Então, foda-se. Uhum. Mas eu vou... Eu vou... Vou ter que marcar, provavelmente, porque a gente não vai... A Whitney já falou que ela acha que, muito provavelmente, a gente não vai ter autori... atualização... Hoje. Então, essa reunião vai ser meio inútil, entendeu? Mas é mais para o meio da manhã. Então, para amanhã, para a gente fazer dar. E eu ainda não comecei, eu vou ver se eu vou começar hoje a fazer a pesquisa lá do... O que, que eu preciso pesquisar? É do livro, né? Eu não posso pesquisar sobre o país, porque você vai me fazer o... Isso, é o autor. Tá. Então, 
Beleza. O, li o livro, eu vou pegar a referência do, do livro, a sinopse pra gente ler. Tá. O, as estrelas no Goodreads. Tá. E aí eu vou ver o que, que a gente. O que faz sentido colocar de extra no nosso biolink, né? Isso. Eu tô pensando em colocar da, a busca pela Aurora, quando a gente postar a nossa Aurora. Uhum. E podemos colocar do Skull Camping. Isso. <risos> do John. E... Talvez algum vídeo de Reykjavik, que é por ali que se passa. Sim. Sim, sim, sim. Não sei música, não sei. Não sei. Até agora Eu não, não sei nada, nada de música Icelandic. Eu também não. Imagino que tenha muita coisa é, meio... Celtica, né? É. Ou Viking, Viking, sei lá. Sei é o que lá. eu penso. O que, que é música Viking, né? Te leva é. a perguntar. E o que eu tô pensando, amiga, eu vou selecionar, sei lá, umas quatro, cinco fotos nossas da viagem, que a gente pode fazer um post. Uhum. Eu acho que da Aurora pode ser um sozinho. Uhum. Mas aí a gente pode fazer, separar umas, umas quatro, cinco fotos, a do cavalinho, a gente na água, e algumas outras pra gente colocar de lá, né? Sim, acho uma e, boa ideia. É, e aí, amiga, passando esse Covid, a gente vai ter que fazer uma viagem forçosa pra gente tratar o nosso... pra gente atualizar os nossos, né? Eu vou ter que achar as nossas fotos do Uruguai também, né? Eu tenho no Facebook. É, ah, o oh, Darling, é. ontem eu tive a confirmação que eu vou ter que ir pra Washington duas vezes pra resolver meu passaporte. Ah, eu odeio demais! Por... Demais, mas eu odeio Portugal, odeio. Bum, assim, vontade de matar. Muito. Hum. Quando que você tá pensando em Não ir, consigo amiga? marcar, eu entro no negócio, não temos datas disponíveis entre mais tarde. Não amiga, tem a única coisa, eu vou definir as datas, mas eu vou pro Brasil, né? Eu quero ir pro Brasil. Uhum. É, não sei, amiga, quando vai ser. Eu tô tentando abrir a agenda, eu não sei quanto de agenda eles, quando eles abrem a agenda. Tá, eu devo definir as datas nesses próximos dias que eu quero começar a me programar. Aí eu é. vou por duas semanas trabalhando e vou ficar uma semana de férias. Tá, eu não tenho previsão, nem pressa com isso, já tá tudo vencido mesmo, mas eu tenho um passaporte brasileiro para viajar se precisar. Tá. Tá. Eu tô pensando que vai ser março, abril, amiga. Começo de abril, final de março que eu vou. Tá. Eu só não quero pegar a época de carnaval. Sei que gringaiada adora, mas... Eu não quero. Então eu vou ver, vou me programar. Pra... É, também porque fecha tudo, né? O problema não é o fechar tudo, o problema é abrir tudo. Tem lugar que já tá confirmado que vai ter, só que estamos ainda no meio da pandemia, né, amiga? Então, ah. é isso que eu tenho mais medo, na verdade, de... No Rio já tá confirmado que vai ter. Mas você não tem vacina, Dani? Ah, eu tenho, né, amiga? Mas não é 100% efetivo, né? E até lá já vai ter de novo, passado mais é, seis meses, né? Uhum. Mas você tem então... o booster. Reza a lenda, não sei, fui cancelada, putos. Ah. Mas eu acho que deve ser porque a minha, a minha farmácia é uma bosta. Eu vou hum. verificar na 8th Street, talvez eu consiga. Mas... <coughs> ah, excuse me. Amiga, voltando no nosso podcast... Ah, então, aí a gente então vai ver só pra gente se programar de você. Você vai ter que vir duas vezes, é isso? É, a primeira vez vai... É. Só vou conseguir marcar meu passaporte depois que meu ID estiver atualizado. E aí você tá pensando em vir por, tipo, uma semana cada vez? Ou o que, que você vai fazer? Não faço ideia, eu descobri isso ontem. Ai, amiga, você passa, assim, as informações pela metade. Sorry, sorry. Eu só tava, na verdade, querendo tirar a Auro Ah, Chess, eu Portugal adorei. Um ah, Portugal é um cu mesmo. Eu tenho que resolver as minhas do, do, da, da Itália, mas eu tô com preguiçinha também. 
Nem uhum. sei o que eu preciso fazer, pra ser sincera. Mas, uhum. tá, é, a hora que você tiver informação... Ó, esse final de semana eu quero de verdade olhar as datas para ir para o Brasil. Então, assim que eu já tiver essas datas, eu já te passo que você já bloqueia para você não considerar essas datas. Muito embora, se você quiser vir, eu acredito que não. Mas se você quiser vir e ficar aqui em casa para ir, não tem problema não, nenhum. Se eu tá for aqui. e você não tiver, por alguma urgência, é, eu fico no hotel, Darlene. Ali não, perto do negócio. Casa, que isso, não, não Darlene, nem sei onde é a porra da... Eu vou ter que achar lá perto, porque eu só quero andar até lá, entendeu? Se eu tiver que ir aí, e você não Entendi. tiver, eu só quero andar. Entendi, tá. Mas eu acho que dá pra gente se programar. São três semanas também, né, amiga? Não é Não, é, eu não é o que eu te falei. Eu não consigo ver quando que vai ter abertura. Eu vou ter que entrar todo dia de manhã. Hoje não, porque já tá tarde, eu acho. Mas tem que entrar, tipo, na hora que eu acordo pra ver quando que tem abertura. Entendi. Tá bom. Porque se você quiser putos... mandar o link pra mim, eu vou olhando, que eu tô uma hora mais cedo. Ah, né, é verdade. Porque os putos, eles não têm nenhum calendário. Eles só me mostram uma mensagem de, ah, não temos datas, volte mais tarde. Não temos nada. Porra. Abre o calendário e me mostra até onde tá Então me fala quando que você tem data, exato. É, sistema não... burro. Eu falei assim, Brasil às vezes parece atrasado, mas não é, meu. Brasil, eu fiz tudo do Brasil, fora do Brasil, meu passaporte chegou no correio lá na Inglaterra. É, com exceção do meu eleitor, amiga, vou te falar que eu tô puta com o, o negócio do eleitor, que eu não consigo transferir pra cá. Uhum. Mas eu vou, como eu tô me programando de ir pro Brasil, aí eu vou fazer uma listinha de toda a merda que eu preciso resolver por lá, entendeu? Uhum. Aí vamos que vamos. Ô, amiga, e o apartamento lá? Que que ah, nada, nada aconteceu, não aconteceu. Você chegou a falar com o seu irmão? Ah, médio, falei. E ele hum. não teve interesse? Tem interesse, mas precisa ir alguém pra lá. É o que eu falei. Quem que vai pra lá? Ninguém quer ir pra lá resolver. Amiga, mas eu já falei, usa minha mãe, usa o corpinho hum. dela. Usa o corpinho dela, amiga. Minha hum. mãe, ela sempre tá procurando alguma coisa pra fazer, coitada. Uhum. É, falando em minha mãe, você tem interesse? Você gosta daquelas Ana Capri sapatilhas? Tem interesse em alguma? Por quê? Porque minha mãe vai comprar umas pra mim. Eu posso pedir pra minha mãe comprar ah, umas pra eu você. Eu não, não tô saindo de casa, minha. Não, eu tenho sapatilha aqui. Então tá bom. Just checking. Tá, ok. Tá bom então, amiga. Ok, tenho dois episódios pra eu editar, então estamos tranquilas. Então amanhã é nosso. Amanhã é nosso Mumia Retorna, segunda parte. E eu vou tentar dar uma avançada aqui no Darkness. Uhum. Tá. Tô, pelo jeito, esse livro vai ser eu gosto mais e você gosta menos. Não, eu gosto de história de mistério. Que você eu é gosto a mais... do relacionamento aqui. Não, eu gosto mais do que esses mundos apocalípticos, amiga. Eu só não quis falar do meu gênero é, preferido para justamente não dar na cara que eu sou superficial, eu gosto de ler, eu gosto, o que eu gosto de ler é Mistério, que eu acho que hum. vai ser esse, eu adoro Stephen King, que é nosso cara, e eu gosto de livro da guerra, Segunda Guerra Mundial, amiga. Ai, nossa, esse eu vou sofrer também. Eu gosto desses, tem um que eu não terminei de ler desde que eu vim pra cá, mas é só porque realmente eu não parei pra pegar, sabe? Uhum. Mas talvez agora me force a dar uma lida. Tá Enfim, bom. é o que eu gosto, então... Eu acho que vai ser bom, eu só preciso pegar o ritmo de ler, entendeu? E eu tava arrumando as coisas que minha casa tá uma zona. Que chegaram uma... chegou meu lixo novo. É, eu tava montando, eu preciso montar meus cartões de Natal. Uhum. Então eu tô... Meus alunos vêm esse final de semana. 
Ah, é meus alunos, meus intercambistas, eu vou fazer uns cupcakes para eles, aí eu precisava, para eles não ficarem muito tempo na minha casa, olha só, né, que, <risos> que antissocial, eu quero que eles venham, mas eu não quero que eles fiquem, tipo, a tarde inteira, né, amiga? Então, eu já tô deixando tudo pronto, tudo recortado, tudo, tipo, vem, cola e vai embora, sabe? Uhum. Que aí eles fazem os deles, eles ficam, sei lá, umas duas, três horinhas e eu já mando eles embora, entendeu? Então, eu, tô, eu tentei adiantar isso ontem. Eu tô quase, tipo, eu vou falar que eu tô uns 40%. Só que tem, a minha casa tá muito zona. Tô meio puta que eu não tive notícias do meu pedreiro novamente. Ele não, nem me respondeu. É. É o brasileiro, né? É o brazuca, mas ele nem me respondeu de ontem. Que bizarro. Mas às vezes deu, dá um... Às vezes também não precisa é, responder no dia ele seguinte. Também, eu acho que ele também operou. Eu não sei se ele já operou, ele tá pra operar. Talvez ele esteja com dor, sabe? Sei lá. É que eu queria já finalizar. Eu quero que isso daí termine antes do meu pai vir, né? Hum. Enfim, veremos, amiga. Do pai, pai surdo. Finalmente ele vai pai ter surdo. o fone, certo? Final... Ai, preciso achar esse fone falando nisso. Acho o fone, amiga. Importante. Mas tô arrumando, que a casa tá meio zona, sabe? Então, uhum. eu preciso... Se bem que muita coisa vai ficar arrumada quando os meninos forem embora. Porque é o que tá aqui na mesa é do... da produção de cartão. Ah, é verdade. Depois manda foto. Eu gosto de cartões. Ah, não sei Mas, que amiga, você vai semana. receber o cartão, né? Ah. Então, não vou te mandar foto. Já estraguei seu presente de Natal. Eu estraguei o seu. Então, ah, é verdade. Você... É. Aliás, eu preciso escrever para aquele cara lá, o Todd, para ver se ele vai mandar o seu, seu presente, né? Grande Todd. É. Mas tá bom. É isso, amiga. Então, vamos que vamos. Bom início de trabalho. E Sim. Se falando. Tá bom, te mantenho atualizado. Eu acho que eu vou ter um retorno positivo da menina do Power BI hoje, Ai, pelo que, que eu vi bom. ontem. Uh. E é isso aí. Tá bom, amiga. Um beijinho. Beijinho, então, darling. Tchau. Bom dia, tchau, tchau. <risos>